This morning, God's Word comes to us from Romans chapter 15. Romans 15, and we'll be reading the first 13 verses of this chapter. Romans 15, beginning at verse 1. What we hear now is God's word. We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good, to build him up. For Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. For I tell you that Christ became a servant to the circumcised to show God's truthfulness in order to confirm the promises given to the patriarchs and in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. As it is written, therefore, I will praise you among the Gentiles and sing to your name. And again, it is said, rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let all the peoples extol him. And again, Isaiah says, the root of Jesse will come. Even he who arises to rule the Gentiles, in him will the Gentiles hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Here we end the reading of God's holy word. Well, it is that time of year again, that time where we look forward to the celebration of the coming of Jesus Christ. Uh, we have the liturgical tradition of doing that in the four Sundays preceding Christmas, those four Sundays called the season of Advent. Advent, a time that helps us to prepare our hearts for that wonderful celebration for the celebration of God sending his son, Jesus Christ, to be our Lord and our Savior. And every year, we usually have a series of sermons, uh, sometimes from the Old Testament, sometimes from the New Testament, that help us to focus on the coming of Jesus Christ. Uh, this year, uh, we are going to use the four traditional themes of Advent to prepare for that celebration. The themes of hope, peace, joy, and love. Hope for the first Sunday of Advent, peace for the second Sunday, joy for the third Sunday, 
and love. And of course, these, these overlap with each other to be sure, but we will focus this morning on hope, hope at Christmas time. And certainly, an appropriate theme for this or any time of the year. We live in a world of despair, a world that is looking for something to believe and something to hope in. And this morning we're going to talk about what that hope is, something to hope for, something to believe in. And we will see that true hope, this time of year or any, is found in Jesus Christ alone. Paul deals with that theme of hope in Romans chapter 15, so we will use that for our study this morning. Who are those who are the recipients of this hope? Well, it begins in verse 8, For I tell you that Christ became a servant to the circumcised to show God's truthfulness, in order to confirm the promises given to the patriarchs. Christ became a servant to the circumcised. He's referring to the Jews. Christ came to the Jews. And Christ himself said, I have come for the lost sheep of Israel. He came as a demonstration of God's truthfulness. He came to show God's truthfulness and to confirm the promises given to the patriarchs. God had made promises to his people. God had promised them that he would send them a Messiah. He would send them his anointed one. That promise reaches beyond, back beyond the patriarchs, reaches all the way back to the Garden of Eden. When Adam and Eve fell into sin, God made a promise even then that the seed of the woman would defeat the seed of the serpent. The promise of one to come, the promise of a Messiah, the promise of God's anointed one for the sake of his people. And that was their hope. That was the hope of Israel, that God would be faithful to his promise and God would send this anointed one for his people. God made other promises to his people. He promised them a kingship. He said that, a, that, that, that the Davidic throne would not depart from his people. It would be restored to his people. God had promised them a land. And yet, yet as Israel was unfaithful, God would send them out of the land. He would remove the kings. And they would wonder, is God still faithful to his word? God sent his son Jesus Christ, the true king of his people, the ruler over all of creation, as a testimony to his truthfulness, to confirm the promises that he had made. And, 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 and even though Israel would refuse to see it, the, the Jews would refuse to recognize Jesus Christ, that does not undercut the promise of God. He was faithful to do what he had promised to do. Now, now we expect God to be faithful to his word to the Jews. But Paul here highlights something that is not expected. Not only was God faithful to send his son Jesus Christ for the Jews, for the circumcised, but look at verse 9. And 
in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. And that was unexpected. God had made promises to his people. God had made promises that he would, he would take care of them. But, but to the Gentiles, they too would receive the mercy of God. And then Paul here quotes a number of Old Testament texts that demonstrate that. In the first text, uh, Therefore I will praise you among the Gentiles and sing to your name. When the nations are conquered and the others are, 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 and they are brought into God's people, I will sing, I will praise you among the Gentiles. Again, verse 10, rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, verse 11, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, let all the people extol him. And then finally from Isaiah, the root of Jesse will come. He who arises to rule the Gentiles, in him the Gentiles hope. And Paul, as a, as a master of the Old Testament, brings us texts here from every part of the Old Testament, from the three parts, from the writings, from the law, from the prophets, to say this was, this was, this was what God had promised to them as well. He comes and fulfills their promise to them. And we even see in Paul's choice of these quotations something of an escalation of an increase in the blessings to the Gentiles. In the first text, he says, I will praise you among the Gentiles. In other words, I'm, I'm a child of God, I'm one of the Jews, I will praise you in the midst of the Gentiles. The second text says, rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. Not just Jews praising in the midst of the nations of the Gentiles, but the nations joining in. Do this with them. And then the, ne the next quote from Psalm 117 speaking directly to the Gentiles, praise the Lord, you Gentiles, and all the peoples extol him. And in that wonderful final text, the root of Jesse will come, even who, he who will arise to rule the Gentiles, in him the Gentiles will hope. The Gentiles have hope in the coming of the Son of God. He is that hope for all who have faith in him. Not only for the Jews, but for the Gentiles as well. He is that one who gives true hope. God being faithful to his word. God sending his son. That whoever believes in him shall have eternal life. He is that one that still gives hope today. If you are looking for hope in a world of despair. Don't look to the world, but look to the promised one God has sent, the one who comes as his son, Jesus Christ, the one not only for the Jews, but for Gentiles as well, and for all who hope in him. God calls you this morning to put your faith and your trust, to put your hope in the Lord Jesus Christ and to truly enter into this celebration of the coming of Jesus Christ into the world. The one who came as promised. The Son of God. This hope coming through Jesus Christ, we know then, comes from God himself. Verse 13. May the God of hope 
fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. May the God of all hope fill you with joy and with peace. These things overlap with each other, but it is a hope that comes from God himself. Not a man-made hope. Not a humanly constructed hope. We might We might try to create things in which we put our hope, things in which we put our trust, things in which we believe will be permanent for us. But even the best of the things we might hope for can fail. Our hope as believers comes from God himself. May the God of hope fill you with all joy, and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. A hope that comes from God. A hope that is placed in God and the promises of his word. For again, from verse 4, for whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction that through endurance And through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. The word of God was written that we might have hope. And so that's where we look to find the source of our hope. That's where we look to find the source of our joy and peace, the source of of, of who we put our faith in. We look to the word of God written and see that, that it is here where we find God-given hope. There are are a a number of wonderful um, Christmas-type stories that that make us feel good, um, that make our hearts kind of feel good, like we should be kind to each other. Uh, This past week, uh, I watched uh, uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. I I love Dr. Seuss, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. And and it's really wonderful that at the end of the story, the Grinch's small heart grew three times that day. And and it makes us feel good. Uh, You know, we should do that too. But there's no ground for that hope in The Grinch Told Christmas. True hope comes from a faithful word, a faithful story, the word of God itself. These things were written that through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. Because here we have the revelation of the source of that hope, our God and Father and his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 7, therefore welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you. We have been welcomed through Christ into the family of God. That's a reason for hope. We have not been left out in the cold. We have not been left in the world. But God has welcomed us through his son, Jesus Christ, into his family. It is a spirit-wrought hope. Again from verse 13. So that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope, not something that wells up within me because I feel good about Christmas time, but a spirit-wrought hope given by God himself 
hope in his faithfulness to his word to send his son, Jesus Christ. That's what we celebrate this time of year, a hope in God. And when we have that truth, when we have that to which we can hold on to, it will affect the way that we live. It will affect the way that we treat each other. And that's how Paul begins this section, chapter 15, verse 1. We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up. Those who have this hope, those who know Jesus Christ, those who, who believe the word of God, that has to live itself out in how we treat others, to build them up, to, to give them hope as well. To give them hope through, through the truth of the word of God. I think I say uh, every uh, Christmas season, I say every Christmas season, this time of year begs for evangelism. This time of year, when, 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 when even the world is aware something's going on, there's something different here. There's Christmas decorations up at the mall, and there's different type of music playing on the radio. It's Christmas music. Even the world recognizes something is happening, something different. And it is a time that is ripe for the sharing of the truth, a time that is ripe for the sharing of the gospel, to bring the word of hope, to bring the word of truth, to tell a world living in darkness that there is light, light in Jesus Christ, to build each other up in this wonderful truth with this glorious hope. And for those then who are brought in to the people of God to live in harmony with each other. Verse 5, may the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Live in harmony with each other because we have been brought in. We have been welcomed into the family of God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And so we are to welcome one another. We are to bear with each other. We are to forgive each other. We are to encourage each other. Our relationships will reflect the fact that we have the hope of the gospel. We will live together in harmony, whether that be as brothers and sisters in the Lord whether that be in our marriages with our spouses, we must live together in harmony. Whether that be between parents and children, we are to live together in harmony, a harmony given to us by God. We might glorify him with our neighbors, with our coworkers. We are to live together for the glory of God. And with one voice, declare our hope. With one voice, declare his glory as the people of God. We will do that now as we gather here below, as we gather as his church, as we sing the songs of praise to God this Christmas season. It's an anticipation 
of an even greater celebration. Our hope in Christ is not for this life only. Oh, it is for this life. It gives us every reason for encouragement, every reason for joy. We have hope in Jesus Christ. But it's not for this life only. It is also for the life to come. That we will, we will not only spend 60, 70, 80, 90 years here on earth serving Christ, but we will spend an eternity bringing songs of praise to him that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, bringing him glory. It's wonderful to have hope for this life, but our hope is also for the life to come. Hope at Christmas time. Hope to a hurting world. Hope that comes to all who have faith in Jesus. Not simply to one select group, but to all who embrace Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Hope that, that comes from God himself. Hope that is given through the gift of faith to embrace Jesus Christ. And hope then that, that helps us in our walk with him. Helps us in our walk now and will take us into our walk in eternity. For God is faithful to his word and to him belongs all the glory. Let's join together in prayer. Lord our God, we do want to thank you and praise you for the different seasons of the year. We know, O oh God, that the world counts as shopping days until Christmas, and we can count Sundays. Sundays until the celebration of the coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Thank you, O oh God, for the hope that we have in him, a hope wrought in our hearts by you yourself, a hope encouraged by your word and your promises to us. Lord God, help us to truly enter into this season with joy, with peace, with love, and with the hope of the assurance of life with you now and life with you forever. Help us to bring you all glory and honor and praise. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.